Our text for this morning will be taken from the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. We'll actually be reading verses 15 through 20. Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 20. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, this morning we'll be considering the importance of gratitude. You know, if you think about the Christian virtues that are mentioned in the Word of God, gratitude may or may not come to mind. It's not mentioned probably along with that list of virtues, and yet it's very, very important. Matter of fact, it is a virtue, and it should be one that would be close to the top of that list. You know, if you tried to practice the other Christian virtues without gratitude, you might find it extremely difficult, if not impossible. Think about what it would be like to try to maintain a persevering faith in the midst of a difficulty without gratitude. You know, faith is born out of an appreciation for what the Lord has done for us. So to try to have faith without gratitude would be very difficult. How about love without gratitude? You know, we extend love or we try to show love to others, again, out of a sense of gratitude and appreciation for them. So we could see that love would be very difficult without gratitude. How about joy? You ever met somebody who was ungrateful and just bubbling over with joy? Probably not. The two are incompatible. Uh, You have to have gratitude in order to have joy. Joyful people are thankful people. How about peace? Can you have peace without gratitude? Well, the opposite of peace is discontentment or ingratitude. So we can see really uh, gratitude goes along with all of these other virtues. One old-time minister said that every virtue divorced from gratitude is maimed and limps along the spiritual road. So we can see gratitude is very, very important. You know, gratitude is good for a person's health. Even the secular world has figured that out. There have been many clinical studies that have proven people with a grateful attitude or a thankful attitude or a positive outlook Uh, recover much more quickly from trauma and difficulties if they're thankful and they have a good attitude. You know, it's amazing. Science just proves what God's Word has already always told us. Proverbs 17.22 says that a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. We can see God's Word validates the importance of gratitude. You know, really... Gratitude for a Christian is more than just an an occasional expression or a sentiment. Really, uh, gratitude should be a lifestyle. 
of all people, God's people should be the most grateful. That should show forth in everything we do. That's why in our text there, it says always and for all things. You might think the person that wrote those words didn't have any problems. But you realize those words were written by the Apostle Paul. You know where he was when he wrote those words? He was in prison. Yet he could say to give thanks in all things, always. What's the duration of our gratitude? Always in all things. You know, I thought we would look at some biblical reasons to be grateful. We turn to Psalm 136. We'll look at four different verses. We'll look at verses 1. Then we'll look at verses 23 through 25. Verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Verse 23, Who remembered us in our lowest state, for His mercy endureth forever. Verse 24, And hath redeemed us from our enemies, for his mercy endureth forever, who giveth food to all flesh, for his mercy endureth forever. So right there, the word of God gives us four reasons to be grateful. Verse 1 says we can thank God for his goodness. God is good all the time. In spite of what some man's opinions may be of God, there are those that will wonder if God is good. Why does he allow suffering and pain and all these things? That doesn't affect God's goodness one bit. God is still good. The very nature of God. He's good. He's perfect. He's just. He's righteous. He's pure. He's holy. He doesn't make mistakes. God is good. We can thank God for his goodness. The word of God says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. Maybe you're feeling like that's a difficult verse to get a hold of. Maybe you're not seeing a lot of those daily benefits. I'll ask you a question. How many enjoy breathing? We all do. I love to breathe. I'm thankful this morning when I woke up, I had a pulse. Not much of one, but it was there. I'm thankful for that. These are blessings. These are benefits from the Lord daily. If you begin to count and thank God for every time you took a breath, you would find certainly the Lord daily, daily loadeth us with benefits, and God is good. Thankful, verse 23. He remembers us when we're in our lowest state. Aren't you thankful the Lord remembers us when we're discouraged? At times when we're feeling down, the Lord is there. The Bible says He's that high priest that's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. God cares about those low times in your life. Thankful for, verse 24, for divine protection and deliverance. Thank God for that. The Lord protects His people. The angel of the Lord encamps around those that love Him, and the Lord will protect us. Verse 25, we can thank the Lord for our daily food, our daily provisions. You know, somebody once said, if you're going to, Complain about a sink full of dirty dishes. Realize why those dishes are there. Chances are you probably just had a good meal to eat. Be thankful that you had food. Be thankful you had dishes to eat that food on. 
Many people don't even have those things. So we can thank the Lord. Uh, daily he loadeth us with benefits. Of course, we know the greatest reason for gratitude is salvation and redemption. Psalm 107.2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Does it matter that we verbalize our thanks as long as it's in our hearts? Yes, it does. You know, unexpressed gratitude can lead to ingratitude and forgetfulness. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. When the Lord saves us and changes our hearts and lives, we need to express gratitude to Him and let others know. Psalm 103, verse 3 and 4. You know, it tells us what the Lord does when He redeems us. Says he forgives all our iniquities and redeems us from destruction. Forgives us of all our iniquities. All of those things, those sins, those regrets, those things in your past that weigh you down, that cause you so much condemnation and guilt. When we confess our sins and the Lord saves us, he forgives us of all those things. He says he removes them as far as the east is from the west. He doesn't remember them against us anymore. He wipes the slate clean. We're brand new creatures in Christ Jesus. How could we not be grateful for that? And he redeems our lives from destruction. You know, all of us, before we were saved, we were under the same penalty. That's the death penalty. All sin and all unrighteousness separates us from God. But aren't you thankful when we stood condemned? Christ stepped in our place and He took our sin and our shame and all of those things upon His shoulders. He paid the price for us. All we have to do is repent, confess those sins, believe in Jesus, and the Bible says we'll be saved. The Lord does that when He redeems us. I like what Jesus told His disciples there in that Scripture reading. They were excited. They'd come. They said they were full of joy. The Lord had done all these wonderful things in their life. And uh, the devils were subject to them. And uh, they were very joyful and excited. And the Lord put it all in perspective. He says, rejoice not in those things, but rejoice that your name is written in heaven. I'll tell you the true source, the only source of our joy and contentment and peace should be in that fact that we're saved, we're redeemed. He says, don't rejoice in these other things, but rejoice that your name is written in that Lamb's book of life. We want to be grateful for God's mercy. You know, that salvation and redemption wouldn't be possible without the mercy and grace of God. We hear those two used uh, together, often, grace and mercy. Do you know there's a difference between mercy and grace? We know grace is God's unmerited favor, God giving us what we don't deserve. We don't deserve to be saved, yet the Lord holds out that offer to us. That's His grace, giving us what we don't deserve. Mercy is when God withholds from us what we do deserve. We deserve punishment. Sin carries a death penalty. All of us were born in sin and shapen in iniquity, but because God is merciful and God is good, He doesn't just wipe us out. He gives us opportunities to repent, to come to the Lord. That's God's mercy. Lamentation 3.22 says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions, they fail not. 
Thank God for that mercy. Titus 3, 5 says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy. He saved us. So we begin to realize what God's mercy means to us. It ought to fill us truly with a sense of gratitude. You know, the most ungrateful thing a person can do with God's mercy is to be presumptuous with that mercy. When God extends that mercy, when God speaks to the heart of a sinner and He draws them uh, unto Himself to assume that God is going to call after us again or to uh, push it aside or think maybe we'll wait for a more convenient time, that's extremely ungrateful and foolish. The fact that God even gives us one opportunity is only because of His mercy and His grace. So we're thankful for the mercy of God. The Lord tells us we're to express our gratitude when He delivers us from trouble. You ever had a time when the Lord got you out of a tough spot? Maybe delivered you from a difficult circumstance? The Bible admonishes us to praise the Lord, to be grateful for those times. Psalm 50, verse 15 says, "...call upon me in the day of trouble." I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Psalm fifty-nine, sixteen says, I will sing of thy power, yea, I will sing aloud of thy mercy in the morning, for thou hast been my defense and my refuge in the day of my trouble. Sing aloud, sing in the morning. Praise the Lord, express gratitude with words. Tell the Lord how thankful we are when the Lord gets you out of a tough spot. I remember a brother, he's uh, gone to be with the Lord, but I remember him years ago, he uh, heard about a testimony he gave. He was painting a house for a lady, and he was in her living room, and she had a beautiful white carpet or very light-colored carpet, and he accidentally kicked over the bucket of paint right on her carpet. And so he began to pray. I'm going to pray for deliverance. And wouldn't you know it, the lady walked in just as he was down trying to clean up that mess of paint. And so he was apologizing profusely and praying the whole time. And apparently she just turned around and walked out of the room without saying a word. And he heard her get in the garage and leave in her car. So he was really praying. Remembering all the times when God delivered people in the Bible. And mind of the Lord of when he delivered Daniel out of the lion's den and just praying that the Lord would somehow help him. After a short time, the hear the woman come back home, and she came inside, and he was finishing up there, and after several minutes, she came into the living room where he was working. She had a big bowl of ice cream. She handed it to him. She said, I just want to thank you for being such a nice person, for doing such a great job. The Lord delivered him, and he was careful to thank the Lord. But think about it. Even the daily inconveniences, the things, the mishaps, the close calls... Those times when we don't even have a chance to pray and God is there. We want to be mindful of that. That's God's grace, His mercy to us. What would cause somebody to become ungrateful? You know, I believe the quickest way to become ungrateful is when we start to get an entitlement mentality. It's that idea that somehow God owes us something. Somehow we deserve something more. Somehow uh, what we're given isn't good enough. You know, gratitude ends really the moment that entitlement mentality begins. The second we start to think God owes us anything, gratitude goes out the window. 
I thought about a little story, kind of puts it in perspective of how some people treat the blessings of God. It says, a story is told about a vendor who sold bagels for 50 cents each at a street corner food stand. A jogger ran past and threw a couple of quarters into the bucket but didn't take a bagel. He did the same thing every day for months. One day, as the jogger was passing by, the vendor stopped him. The jogger asked, you probably want to know why I always put money in but never take a bagel. No, said the vendor. I just wanted to tell you that the bagels have gone up to 60 cents. So, but don't we do that with God's blessing sometimes? Not only are we not satisfied with what he gives us, but we want more. You know, the quickest way to earn someone's contempt is to do too much for them. You know, the problem isn't that God hasn't given us enough. The problem is we fail to recognize what he has given us, what he has done for us. So we want to be careful. God owes us nothing, nothing, but he gives us everything. You know, the Bible also speaks about those that compare themselves among themselves. The Word of God says, uh, they that compare themselves among themselves are not wise. You know, the quickest way, again, to start to feel discontent is to compare yourself with other people. You'll find that there is always, always somebody who has something more than you, something bigger, something better, something newer. There'll be those that are better looking, more talented, stronger, more gifted. Uh, The list goes on and on and on. We're not to compare ourselves with others. You know, as we begin to do that, three things happen. It causes us to focus on what we don't have. It keeps us from focusing on what we do have. And it causes us to focus on what others have. You know, when we focus on what we don't have, that's called ingratitude. When we forget what God has given us, that's forgetfulness. And when we focus on what others have, that's covetousness. And those three things can become an abomination to the Lord, but it starts with an ungrateful attitude. Not only are we ungrateful for what we don't have, but we can even despise what we do have. So we want to be careful. We want to be grateful. We want to thank the Lord for all the blessings He's given us. You know, the Bible warns about the danger of ingratitude. Romans chapter 1, verse 21 says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. What an awful place for a person to find themselves in spiritually is to have their heart darkened. You know what it begins with ingratitude and thankfulness. They glorified God not, and they weren't thankful. And you know what? That can lead to a state of apostasy. It's very dangerous. You start down that road, you go down a very slippery slope. What's the cure for ingratitude? Well, if glorifying not the Lord and being unthankful brings God's condemnation, then the opposite would be true. We want to glorify God in everything we do. We want to be thankful in all things. This is how we combat that attitude of ingratitude. You know, we need to sometimes ask the Lord to help us to realize how blessed we are. To count your blessings. You know, you can read statistics. If you're born and you're even living in this country, you're blessed. You really are. 
Here's some statistics. It says real per, real per capita income has doubled since 1960. Life expectancy has nearly doubled in the past century and continues to rise. The size of the average new home in America has grown from 1,100 square feet, that was before World War II, to about 2,300 square feet today. The average Westerner is more prosperous than 99.4% of everyone who's ever lived on earth. You know, if a person lives in this country, even if they live below the poverty level, they are far more wealthy than most people in this world. It's a matter of perspective, but we have so much and so much to be grateful for. You know, gratitude will help us to realize that there are always those that have less than we have. And it will help us not to focus so much on our needs, but on the needs of others. Again, I'll share one more story that really puts it into perspective. This is a true story. It was told about a group that went on a missionary trip. And they went to a Caribbean island, the island of Tobago, and there happened to be a leper colony on that island. And as they were setting up to have a service in the campus chapel, you can imagine um, the impression it made on those people is these lepers, these halted, maimed people came in to sit in to have a service. And it says, no memory left its mark quite like this one. When the pastor announced, we have time for one more hymn, does anyone have a favorite? He noticed the lone patient seated awkwardly on the back row, facing away from the front. At this final call for him, requests, with great effort, the woman slowly turned her body in the pastor's direction. Body would perhaps be a generous description of what was remaining of hers. No nose, no lips, just bare teeth sticking out of a skull. She raised her bony nub of an arm, no hand, to see if she might be called upon to appeal for one more favorite song. In a croaky rhythm, she said, Can we sing, Count Your Blessings? Says the pastor stumbled out of the pulpit, out the door, tears of holy conviction raining down his face. Somebody took over the song service and one of the friends came out there and they put his arm around the pastor and they said, I'll bet you'll never sing that song again, will you? Oh yes, I'll sing it, the pastor said, but never the same way ever again. It's a matter of perspective. You know, true gratitude has nothing to do with our external circumstances. True gratitude has nothing to do with the stuff we have. Gratitude comes from a heart that has been redeemed and set free and born again. Uh, those praises that come out of a regenerated heart, that's true gratitude. That's the kind of gratitude we want to express to the Lord. You know, First Thessalonians gives us a formula. It says, rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Gratitude is God's will for His people. Someone said, when gratitude becomes our default setting, everything will change. Think about that. You'll never be discouraged. If gratitude is your default setting, every difficulty, every trying circumstance, when you can uh, send up a praise and thanksgiving to the Lord, everything will change. 
What does genuine gratitude to the Lord look like? Can anyone offer praise and gratitude to God? And I don't believe so. The kind of gratitude that God recognizes and responds to comes from a pure, regenerated heart. You can't love the Lord with all your heart without giving Him your heart. And in the same way, you cannot express true, genuine gratitude without giving the Lord your whole heart. That's what God requires. You know, Christian gratitude, it raises it above the level of any other kind of gratitude. You know, Christless gratitude, it's a nice sentiment, but it's misplaced. People with that kind of gratitude, they might just throw up a gratitude in there, hoping it'll find something somewhere. Our gratitude is to the Lord. It's Christ-centered. It's in the Lord Himself. And when we realize what God has done for us, you know what? That should fill our heart with gratitude. should fill our heart with praise. They say gratitude is one of the greatest gateway spiritual disciplines because it leads to humility. And humility leads to God's grace. We know the Word of God says that uh, that the Lord resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. That's how we're saved. We come with the attitude of gratitude and thankfulness, realizing our unworthiness, and the Lord comes in. He can drop a praise in your heart. You know, we don't encourage people to go into debt. We know financial debt could lead to bondage, but there is an indebtedness we all want to have, and that's an indebtedness to Christ. That only comes when the Lord saves us. I'll tell you, that kind of indebtedness leads to victory and liberty. God offers you that kind of freedom this morning. If you're here and you're not saved, just drop on your knees. Uh, Just confess your sins. Believe in your heart. God will save you. He will fill you with gratitude. If you're here, uh, maybe you're discouraged. Count your blessings. See what God will do. God will pour out His goodness even today. Let's sing 791. These altars are open. Let's come and thank the Lord today for His goodness.